Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. The podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. What words come to mind when you hear the phrase teenage boy? I know one of the first words that pops into my head is messy, and that probably has something to do with the fact that I am living with teenage boys. And then I also think frustrating, stinky, uh, other words that frequently pop to mind for people are lazy, unmotivated, moody, and even though we don't admit it, dangerous is a term that so often is our perception of teenage boys. But please remember, inside every teenage boy is a four-year-old who is confused about life and desperate to know that you will love him unconditionally especially when he cannot love himself. Those are the wise, wise words of Maggie Dent, who is joining us today. Many of you already know Maggie. She is well known in Australia. She's commonly known as the queen of common sense. She is in my mind, and in Janet's mind, one of the world's foremost boy experts and just all around amazing human beings. Maggie is joining us today to talk about her latest book, From Boys to Men, Guiding Our Teen Boys to Grow into Happy, Healthy Men. That's the goal. The question is, how do we get from those moody, stinky, messy, frustrating 13 and 14-year-olds <laughs> to a happy, healthy man? That's a tough road, Maggie. And I, I'm lucky I've got four that have got there, so my credibility is quite high, <laughs> and they do. And what's really interesting is that three of them are now daddies. And that's when you know that you've kind of done a pretty good job. But my gosh, in that 12 to 15, I would have thought I'd failed miserably as a parent um, with all of the things you've listed, including why is that milk still on the bench overnight? Or that empty milk jug is back in the fridge. (laughs) Or... Why are you always opening the pantry door and the fridge door at 10 o'clock at night? I haven't been shopping. 
<laughs> There's mine nothing came new down in at, there. Mine came down at 1 a.m. to check the other day. Yes. I happened to be up way too late. And I'm like, really? Apparently, yeah. that's snack time now. I was yeah. unaware of this. Yeah, the, the time has altered. But it not it so interesting that particularly for, for mamas, you know, like I work a lot with boys and men. And I did survey a lot of them, which is why their voices were so important to me to make sure I wasn't just a woman making it up. It was the voices of complete confusion during this window about things that I had never given thought to. Now, I have taught them for 15 years before I became a counsellor of six or seven years full time. And I didn't know that under that mask that you often see in a classroom, which can be anything from a smart aleck to the class clown to a sporty jock to a bully is really a confused boy just hanging on for the ride, faking that he's okay, but really driving a lot of anxiety and and terrified of mucking up or failing in front of particularly his peers, let alone the teacher. I think that is so important for us to keep in mind that what we see, that presentation that we see in our homes, in our communities, in our classrooms, That's not necessarily who that boy is inside. And it can be really hard to let go of your perception and be open to there being more. But when we do, I think we can be more compassionate and meet them where they're at. You do realize, Jen, that boys have always been um, spoken to more harshly, punished more firmly. Mm -hmm. And also Mm -hmm. there was a kind of perception out there that if you weren't firm and punished boys, they'd just end up terrible. So they've been shamed much more too. So, you know, a a part of them has just been given a really tough ride to that point. So one of the, you know, strategies I talk about again is um, how do we, you know, have those conversations? And there's a whole big chapter on that, which we'll touch some of those things. But um, recently I got a message from a mum and dad who had read the book, who had a 14-year-old that was just forever getting into trouble at school. They had grounded him, gated him, removed his devices off him, taken his phone off him and stopped him. You know, they've done all the traditional old behaviour of things and he was just getting worse and worse and angrier and more disrespectful. And I had suggested in there, why don't you try kindness and take him for a walk? So the next (laughs) altercation from school, um, they went for a walk with him. They walked down to the local uh, Maccas, uh, got a bucket of chips, Uh, ate that uh, and then on the way home had a conversation where he was able to explain some of the things that were happening for him Mm -hmm. um, and finally being heard and as the dad said who would have thought a walk and a bucket of chips has done more than everything we've tried in the last six months and not only that the boy was up the next day actually wished his parents good morning (sighs) right Soak that in, listeners, just drink that in. It is the power of connection, the power of listening, the power of getting off our high horse that it has to look a certain way and be a certain way and just slowing down. And for us mummies, we're just thinking you'll know that, um, you know, just don't they listen, (laughs) (laughs) right well it depends what they're doing in the moment because they're so much better at single focus so if they're you know whatever it might be if they're eating they're totally in that moment if they're watching tv if they're on their phone they're in that space they often do not hear and it's not deliberate or intentional and yet we read that as that don't we then we Mm. start the naggy naggy which of course they've learned to tune out from because of course it's been happening for years 
if you walked over and rubbed his shoulder, yeah, mm. ruffled his hair, give him a gentle punch on the arm and ask, just like you'd ask somebody you love, it's your turn to do the dishwasher, matey. Mm -hmm. You know, it's such a difference, isn't it? That whole, they are not intentionally ignoring us. And I think I wrote it in that Guardian piece that apparently went round the world. Like I think 300,000 people read it in about five days. Nice. It was very much like nagging is like shouting into a void. Yes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work even for your girls. However, for your boys, again, they've been conditioned to, again, I've heard all this. It's, it's not helping me. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea what I've done wrong already. You know, they assume yeah. I've already done something wrong. And it only serves to raise our blood pressure. They feel when we're angry at them. They feel when we're disappointed and it hurts them deeply in here. We don't think that they are sensitive. They are just because they can't articulate it. And they've been conditioned not to with their vulnerable feelings. My goodness, and I, I shared the story about the 14-year-old boy who um, tried to end his life where mummy froze him out after a poor report card and just didn't talk to him sort of for five days, which is something that we, we have a tendency to do when we're a bit annoyed. He thought she had permanently stopped loving him and he said, I didn't want to live in a world without my mum's love. I'd prefer to leave this world. Now, that's the depth of sensitivity and emotional vulnerability that we have to be much bigger people with our prefrontal lobes to recognize that what I'm seeing on the outside is not necessarily what is going on in the inside, that they're desperate for our connection. And like, so I keep saying, can you tell them, show them you love them, especially when they muck up mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And that jumping on their brother from the top bunk was not an intention to hurt the brother. It was actually intention for us to have fun. It just seemed like in the moment a really good idea. Yeah, it was an intention sure. to connect. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. connecting. Yeah, rough and tumble, rough housing. Yeah, and yet we keep on making them wrong for it. And yet, in amongst all that, was where they learnt there were boundaries around their rough housing. So, you know that play code which Peter Gray talks about. If they haven't been immersed enough with real play in a real world with children that go, "Hey, no, that was too hard." then they can't necessarily read those facial expressions as, as our late teens and early 20 boys if they're allowed back out in the street. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, and so let's talk about that because so yeah. much of it is about that, the bumping up against your friend, the, your brother, which you've probably seen your brother a little bit too much in the last eight months, and this deep need for connection, not only with your parents, but with your peers. What do we do for our boys in this time of isolation and fear about being together in real well, look, life? It's huge. It's huge because in that window of 13 to 14 years of age, in those classrooms, my goodness, um, it was like, what happened to that beautiful boy from last year? Uh, the escalation of the groping, slapping, the mop, throat tangling, sitting on and shoving was just palpable every year. So you kind of had to figure it out as an educator. Okay, so there must be something developmentally going on in there. And we can talk about it through biology and neuroscience. Our challenge for it all is, again, when they're unable to do that, this is how boys physically, they only want to do that behavior with the boys they like and have affection for. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at different times um, when they've been separated, that's why they're wanting so much more to hang online. And I'm loving hearing about Zoom pizza parties and Zoom kind of movies together kind of because there'll be a boy in the background farting, you know, right. and it's not mm -hmm. to be disrespectful. He wants to make his mates laugh 
because laughing is a way that I feel deeply connected. You know, they don't want to shout and shame and they don't say, gee, bro, I really love you like girls will. So again, that sort of behavior, how do you do that in the digital space? Now, many of, of course, do it through their gaming. Mm-hmm. But we know that there are there are some challenges in amongst that because in the heat of the moment, your beautiful boy can turn into a, a less than um, well-behaved boy and the language coming out of his mouth is not what you would want. But yet in the boy space, in the midst of the context, mm-hmm. it's probably not a sign your son's going off the rails and going to be an awful human being. We, I know many parents have had to soften their boundaries because we do know this is about their mental health and mental well-being. Mm-hmm. My challenge for you is the uncertainty of how long yeah. you are going to still be unable for the boys to reconnect. So one of the things that was happening here when we had our shutdown, they were able to get outside for an hour or two a day. So they were actually on local basketball courts staying two metres apart, mm-hmm. their own basketball. They were on skateboards two metres apart up and down the street. They were out there climbing different trees. So we had to look at a context where it still felt like we were doing stuff Mm -hmm. together rather than just relying on the digital space. There were even some that were, you know, um, they were throwing basketballs across their streets or bouncing. Oh, sure, sure. And then, of course, they have got their sanitizers for when they come in. You know, at the end of the day, I, I think we've got to really look at the price that many of our boys particularly in that early window that's a vulnerable window with the more confusion, the more forgetfulness, the more raging hormones, the more um, zits, the more um, badly behaving penises that you can ever put into a a three-year window, that they are in need of profound more so connection. So us parents, I believe, have to step up and fill in some of that ridiculousness. You have to fill in some of that, um, you know, for me, it would have been easy because I'm a basketball tragic so I always have a massive backboard at every house even today um and I would just have 10 or 15 boys out there like just thumping around until we can do those things again where do our boys feel a they belong yeah and that they are connected because they are pushing away from mum and dad that is what they're biologically meant to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's the role of where are the lighthouse figures well the lighthouse figures can't get there either they're the significant adult allies from teachers to coaches to in any community we've got those people and I know there's valiant teachers and coaches who are doing their best to connect with the kids and facilitate the kids to you know do what they can under the restrictions they have but it's hard and it's and there is this whole thing about validating again that we are in something like what was a world war except we're not shooting each other, there's a virus doing it for us, in the fact that we need to talk about those stories of human survival and recovery mm-hmm. and particularly around yes. men. One of the boys and men thing that we need to keep reminding them is they still biologically wired to be the mammoth hunter and the saber-toothed tiger killer. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to call forth that part of them and, you know, what ways can you um, yeah. you know, be out there ready to do the right thing and, and to look after your friends. Yeah. Keep an eye out for your friends. You will know, Jen, that if you ask a boy how he's feeling, you'll get, oh, I'm great. No, don't want to. But if you ask how their friends are, are any of them struggling with, um, you will start to get a conversation and then the boy will move away and think how he is. Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. actually got him to consider his own sense of well-being. But if you ask him, he's not going to tell you right now because that's too quick a question. But I'm going to go away and think about it for a while because I like to dive a bit deeper mm-hmm. before I can respond. Mm-hmm. And also he then starts looking a bit more out for friends. And that's what they are really good at doing. They'll do they anything are. but not themselves. 
let's talk a little bit about teenage boys, boys in general, but especially in the teenage years, they really want to do something of use in the world. They want to make a difference. And due to the pandemic, most of them right now are parked in front of computers doing online learning. We can't change the pandemic overnight. This is where things are at. But how can we as parents and and concerned family members and educators help our boys under these circumstances still contribute to the world? Because that's so important to their self-worth, which I want to get into next. Oh, there's no question that that is important. I think this brings up that sense that if you want to raise a boy to be a really decent human being later in life, you need to marinate them, marinate them like you would a piece of meat in a marinade with the stories (laughs) of good men, courageous men and brave men. Now, there are lots and lots of stories online that, um, of course, they don't always go nowhere to look for. Um, And when we bring those stories up, and, of course, quite often they can then connect with that particular boy that's now a man Um, we have two beautiful men in our country who were 18 and a half and 19 when they set up what's called orange sky and it is a mobile uh, washing thing for homeless people to wash their clothes but they were doing social work and what the whole thing is you have all these orange chairs that sit everybody around while your washing's getting done and it was about the connection of humans Uh, It now is all over Australia. It's actually now spreading to parts of the world. These are two boys who technically should not have a complete prefrontal lobe. Right. In the mid-20s. So when we show that, and you know, our boys can step up, we've got a 15-year-old boy in Australia that when he was 12, we have a terrible drought. He started a fiver for farmers. It's a $5 donation towards farmers. Um, Now he's now 15. He has raised like $10 million or something. And he's now doing something else. He's joined with Lego to create a, you know, like look at this boy. And he is, you know, he's not your shining, his best looking sporty dude. Mm-hmm. He's a boy who saw something that he thought he could make a difference with. Obviously, it helps if we have family members that support us, um, that we need to let those, sometimes they're big ideas, sometimes they're not big ideas. Um, even just being able to watch out for your own elderly people in your street little things change and when we need that Jen so much more not just about their building their self-worth but we need it to um, weaken the influence of all the negative stuff Mm, they see online whether it's you know live beheadings or it's you know gaming and you know um, all the things that are encouraging um, them to be disrespectful particularly the pornography so if they keep watching that then we're shifting that moral code inside them into something that nobody wants you know, when so you- our job is to marinate them with the opposite and give them opportunities. And also I would have a competition uh, in my house about what can you do that's going to make the world better in the next three months, mm-hmm. um, you know, seriously between you, because it's a competition. It's a sign for me to strive to beat my brothers, mm-hmm. which, of course, as you know, is it's motivating, <laughs> totally motivating. But you're doing motivating towards good. Yes. Yeah? And yeah. I think that's that's the thing that drives boys. Why is it, and this is that point you were going to, that boys and men tend to need that external experience or that event which which they then judge themselves and go, hey, I did good. I can feel mm-hmm. good about me. 
Yeah. But because we've taken so many of those away, so the sporty kids can't go out and do that. We, The music kids are obviously doing it online, but they're not able to be extended as much as they were before. Those who love nature aren't out as much. So they're losing the things that were filling that cup and low self-worth and low self-esteem is common for all teens. But for our boys, what's that external thing? And this was why I was encouraging in Australia boys to learn really good cooking. You need to learn how to make the sourdough or to cook the pancakes really good or to bake something, you know, a curry, but you have to do it really well. So you've got to practice it. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. By Heart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. Yeah, so that in our family later, you're going to be seen as the expert of that dish. Yeah. And it doesn't sound big, but for a boy to be recognized, that is constantly feeding that sense of self-worth without having to go and punch their brother, you know, Mm -hmm. jump on his head or something. Yeah. (laughs) When you said uh, marinate our boys in stories of good men, that really struck me because If we don't make a deliberate effort to do that, I really feel like our boys right now, especially the teenagers who are paying attention to the world, they are being marinated in stories of bad men. There are lots of examples of men behaving badly that have made the news all over the world in recent years. It's out there, it's real, it's true. But if that's what our boys marinate in, they start to feel... Like the message is being a boy isn't good. Being a man isn't good. And that can be so harmful to, you know, their self-esteem and to their relationship with the rest of the world. Boys who begin to believe that, who continue to internalize that as teenagers, those are the people who can become dangerous men. So that window, I have seen really well-raised boys from loving homes, even homes with a faith, who get lost in that window for 14, 15, 16 because of exactly those things. Um, And many of them, whether they were, you know, following sporting heroes that behaved appallingly um, or just other world leaders that were behaving appallingly, it's how much you get exposed to that. And because many of them are running around on a digital highway without us Mm -hmm. kind of you know, knowing where they are, it is, it has become very difficult. And it's one of the things I've been speaking of a bit lately. We've had some really badly behaving um, boys in the final year of school here, uh, setting up some really appalling uh, end of year pranks that 
were of a different nature to what we've ever heard before. They were, mm. you know, and some said it was because they're in privileged schools, but it is because of this also the culture around them mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. what are they exposed to? Now, remember, a boy will go and join a group he feels will help him look accepted and valued. So if I can't fit in with these uh, sporty dudes or the, or the bright kids or the music kids, where can I fit? And if you're welcome mm-hmm. into the ones that are into, um, you know, smoking dope or, you know, misbehaving badly and being delinquents, you will go where you can belong. That is the yeah. drive that is so strong in adolescence, which many of us don't understand that we were a little bit the same. And then I'm working out who am I? Mm-hmm. So before you know it, if I'm getting kudos for uh, throwing rocks at streetlights, then I'm getting my kudos and making me feel good. It's not what we would want, but internalizing it's something mm-hmm. that in that little group, it becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is one of our big concerns. And I, I know that there were some advertisements we did in Australia a number of years ago, trying to discourage teens from excessive alcohol consumption. And it was respect yourself, which sounds fantastic. But they had all these visuals of teenagers vomiting in the street, uh, vomiting into toilets, oh, no. falling and staggering all over the place, which for a mature prefrontal lobe is, wow, yeah, that's not respectful. Mm-hmm. But for a teen going, wow, look at that fun. That's so cool. Yeah. I can't wait to get that smashed. So the yeah. whole thing had the complete negative because we have to recognise they see the world through a different lens mm-hmm. without that mature prefrontal, yeah. which is gradually growing. But we can't command it to grow. And it's through the constant coaching from good folk, particularly the, the ones who are not always mum and dad, because seriously, I mean, there were times I know my boys go, oh, mum, you've told us all this before. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm telling that you again. Voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I am also hoping an uncle or, or one, of, one of your teachers at school may also have that conversation. And it's how we have those conversations as well, which is why I wrote such a deep chapter about communication because they actually do, they are hungry for connection and communication. They actually, and in the survey, the number of men over 30 who expressed a need to have big conversations with their parents about pornography, sex, um, you know, like all sorts of things that their parents just went, oh, no, um, I mean, there's a book or, um, you know, I'm sure school covers it. No, right now it's our job to talk about porn, sex, alcohol, drugs, everything, our job. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully others do it as well because we know the impulse, that impulse for them to do something risky creates such a high, you know, yeah. and that's why they did it and why we did some of it as well. But in today's world, the risk, whew, I had quite a few trips to ED uh-huh. um, <laughs> for stitches and fortunately we didn't break too many bones, but I kept thinking on the way there, um, did you think just before you leapt off that enormous rock? No, no. not really. <laughs> you know, because that higher self can't be heard because the boy goes, man, this is going to be so good. And, of course, you know, I dived into the brain stuff where the GABA gets turned off and, you know, that's that gamma amino butyric acid, which is an inhibitor to impulses. It gets turned off as they step on that bridge to manhood. And then they have the surges of testosterone, which increases how much impulse they've got and how much energy and the hunger to do something. Everyone goes, man, that was good. When yeah. you combine it together, you get to understand it. 
So when they've hurt themselves or broken the window or got into trouble for something, we need to recognise this is developmentally a lot of reasons contributing to that, having the conversation that these are the reasons you're not bad, you're not stupid, what you've done was a poor choice and you will get better at making better choices, particularly when you get hurt because that's yeah. the natural consequence doing the teaching. <laughs> but when we, we ground them and gate them afterwards... They are already beating themselves up. You'd know this, Jen. They're beating themselves up for being so stupid. So the last thing they need is the people who are their safe base in the world to jump on and do the same. What they actually yeah. need, it sounds counterintuitive. It's tenderness. And right. I know when my boys have sometimes had that outburst at me that we wish they didn't, which is probably discharging some of the stress from the school environment or life. I have two ways of responding as a mature growing up who loves them or the teen and me that just decided that wasn't okay. Boy, that's the truth. Responding as an adult, as Maggie says, or as our teenage self, never our finest moment as parents. We will pause for a moment. I wanna share with you a resource that will help you be that parent instead of that teenage self. This message from Jennifer. Jen, once again, Monday morning comes and I see your Building Boys Bulletin in my inbox and I cannot wait to open it because I know inside there is valuable, crisp, curated information that would take me hours and hours to find. And first of all, I want to say bravo. Thank you. And second of all, I want to tell our listeners about the Building Boys Bulletin. Thank you so much. Building Boys Bulletin is my subscription newsletter. It comes out every Monday morning and it's got uh, inspiration from me. It's got links to articles about boys and raising them and educating them with all of the great stuff pulled out already because I know that you do not have time to read all of those articles. It always has links to our latest on boys episodes, links to relevant building boys articles, and it really can help you build your relationship with your son and more effectively parent him. So I am offering a special this month. Um, we love our listeners in Australia, everybody who has joined us because they wanted to hear Maggie's wonderful words of wisdom. So I am offering a special Maggie discount through the end of November. If you subscribe, you get 25% off the yearly or monthly subscription. And for our Australian listeners with 25% off, that comes to just about $60 Australian. Or if you go monthly, it's about $6 a month Australian. I consider it a very worthwhile investment in your relationship with your sons and frankly, your own sanity as a boy parent. Absolutely. And it's such a time saver, Jen. How do I get that discount? The easiest way, easiest way is just to go to buildingboys.net. And when you see subscribe, go there, click on that, enter your email address, choose the paid subscription, it has to be the paid subscription to get the weekly edition. And um, you will automatically get that discount if you subscribe by the end of November. Jen, that is an awesome resource. And I encourage all of our listeners to take advantage of this discount that you're offering. Thanks for being so generous. I look forward to sharing. As you know, I always have a lot to say about building boys. And it's all good. 
And I'd often go down and knock on the door about 20 minutes later. I'd let myself come down. Yeah. I'd have a cup of hot chocolate, nice picky biscuit, cookie, pop that in, shove the dog in, shut the door and walk away. Because nice. what they want to know, are, are we still okay? Yeah. They and don't this need is... that big conversation. What is triggering it? What's under it? Because that's what I want to do as a woman. This is Absolutely. so different from yeah. how most of us were parented, saw parenting done, from what we think good parenting looks like. There is such anxiety in the world right now. We really want to raise good men. Yeah. None of us want to raise the disrespectful jackass. That is our big fear, right? And so, so many of us are afraid that if we let that stuff go or we don't get on them, that that's going to be the outcome. So to think that the thing I should do, instead of telling him what a disrespectful jackass he is or what an, a jerk he was, you're telling me I should give him hot chocolate? I'm sure that you have gotten resistance from parents on that idea. Well, they it, it's interesting because there's that kind of sense that, yeah, no, that's seriously, that's ridiculous. That's just condoning it. And then they've given it a go. That's all you yep. have to do, give it a go. Because as soon as there's an act of tenderness, our boys' hearts melt and warm back towards us. And I, I kept, you know, one of the things I keep saying is I know you tell them even when you really think they don't deserve it. But every now and then just telling them you know, I love them is one thing, but showing. Mm -hmm. When we show them with that warm, you know, that warm rub of the back. For me, um, I would do things like, you know, prepare a snack I knew that they liked, particularly after, you know, within 24 hours of having something really difficult, because that's when we know they're regrouping, wishing they hadn't. And sometimes that's when we can say, yeah, no, that wasn't, yesterday wasn't one of your best moments, was it? And they go, nah, sorry, mum, that's it. 24 hours later, you might get that. Yeah. But also, um, I would tread on their foot sometimes or lean on them in the kitchen, just lean on them. And, you know, they got that yeah. mother all over me. <laughs> or I sit on them on the couch. So I'm not always using words to show yes. and connect. Uh, and that's why I keep saying really badly, but every now and then a well-timed fart next to your teenage boy can actually rebuild a bridge yeah. that their feeling is there. And they are, once they know that you still love them, the chances of them listening to you, the chances of them coming to you when everything is going awful are so much higher. You know, mm -hmm. that's one of the things around our, our suicide rate for boys and men. Yeah is they won't come in that moment mm -hmm. because they don't want to see the look of disappointment on our face. They don't want to let us down again. We need them to know that we can love them fiercely through anything and we will be there so they can lean on us. But how do they do that if all they're getting is the tough love, is the firmness, is that inability to let you know I've still got you. The hot chocolate says I still love you even though mm -hmm. I'm not really happy with that behaviour. They know that. They already know that they wish they hadn't done that. Yeah. And I think it's that that shifting of that mindset. Oh, my God, I, my, I keep crying every now and then because there's messages nearly every day now um, with boys who are actually picking the book up um, to mm -hmm. read parts of it because they didn't know that their brain can help them make them feel more forgetful. Mm -hmm. um, and they've already lost the backpack on the bus with the Mac Air and their phone and <laughs> they've been beating themselves up going, how could I be so stupid? Like, what was I thinking? No, you right. wouldn't, but that bit got pruned off. So when we help them better understand themselves while we're learning to understand them. You can have that relationship where, I mean, I really didn't have that many giant moments. 
I did with my two rooster boys because, of course, you'll know that they're going to also think they're right more often. Mm -hmm. uh, they think they know everything. Um, they disagree with your boundaries. The, my two lambs were the easiest boys ever. Um, and it, so I look at that, but I also know that we played a lot of basketball when they were crabby or if they were having a fight with each other, I got back outside with that or I took them surfing or took mm -hmm. them to the beach because that was Mother Nature correcting stuff that yeah. you know, they, they don't have an intention. I really believe we misread that, that the aggression and violence we talk about, so often it's an, an emotional stuff that's coming out and I have no other way to be able to express it. So mm -hmm. physicality, if we can get rid of it uh, before there's a big emotion that needs it all to come out towards something, we're doing them a favour. And I, mm -hmm. the last thing I needed when they were in their teen years was getting out of bed at five o'clock on a Saturday morning. I was teaching <laughs> full time to take them and their mates surfing. But what I saw after that, what I heard in the car on the way home was just the happiest teen boys mm -hmm. you could ever, ever meet. Mm -hmm. And it lasts for a day or two. And that was worth it. It was the best natural high ever. Um, <clears throat> and so, again, whatever it is that's their spark, do everything you can to nurture it. And that's, I know it's difficult with your shutdowns and things being difficult, but look at it. What is the spark? And if you mm -hmm. haven't found the spark, I like to look at the, you know, um, multiple intelligences map and have a little look and say, which of these is, is my son naturally good at? Because mm -hmm. he's not good at the things that make you good at school. Has he got some other talent we haven't yeah. tapped into yet? Yeah. Is there something we need to discover for him, which is kind of why I love them doing all those options at school, mm -hmm. which of course they can't do either. You know, creative, my boys are not got a creative bone in their body. None of them, seriously. Um, you know, <laughs> Arts and crafts and that, were never a nah, thing that went nah. over well in my house either, <laughs> nah, maybe. Nah, one of them made me a, a clay mug. Oh, here it is. Oh, it's, it's behind me. Look at this. It's the most funny. It's wow, just, it's really thick. He, I can't hardly lift it. I put my he is so proud of that. He said it was the best class in his life. And you know why? Because it was 14, clay fun. It was a male art teacher. He said, I'm giving all of you a B. I just want you to have a go. They're the instructions on how you make a mug. Weird. What music would you like in the class? Love I want it. this to be a great place. It, it wasn't worth a B, seriously. But he came home <laughs> every day. One day he had like almost influenza and he was going because Clay Fun was on. He was a physio. He's now training to do emergency medicine. So he's a bright boy. But that was the class in year nine that gave him enough joy and juice to want to keep going to school because everything else was a bit, you know, mm -hmm. boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Listeners, I wish you, you, you know, by now that we record via zoom so that we can see each other. And <laughs> I wish you could see Jen and I are, you know, Maggie, as you're talking, we're just nodding our heads up and down, up and down, agreeing with mm -hmm. everything that you say, and you put it in, in uh, such clear terms and endearing terms. It really is fun to hear your stories and we know you raised four amazing boys and uh, the proof is in there. One year I had a nephew. So I had five boys. There you go. Uh, aged 18 down to 11. And oh my gosh, I had to shop every day. Right. Because all of their <laughs> friends were there as well. So it was like eight loaves of bread in the freezer just in case they had another lot of friends come. You know, as hard as that is to deal with at the grocery store and you're tired of going back and forth, it is a really good investment 
in connecting with your kids in getting to know their friends. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes because I get so tired of going to the store. Did I not just buy you chips? And what are you doing with this stuff? <laughs> um, one of the key things that came back in the research of nearly 1700 men, when I asked the question, who was the most significant uh, person in your life as you were going over the bridge to manhood? Who was the most significant person? 56% said their mum. Mm. So I need to let you know, I know they're on a journey to manhood and yes, they, they definitely benefit from the influence of good men. But when things were tough or when they needed someone to help them understand stuff, having a mum that could listen, that could kind of be there, you know, like I said, their adult ally, their safe base was huge. And that single mum, solo mums can raise awesome, awesome boys. We don't ever have to think that if I haven't got a good man, they're not going to work out okay. Because the research shows really clearly that boys are watching women and men mm-hmm. and looking at the attributes of us and go, I like that. And, you know, I had the, the bikey story where I was stopped one day by this boy that was very, a man that was very hairy and scary who said, do you remember me? And long, long story short, basically I had taught him in a year where I decided not to punish students, mainly boys who turned up <laughs> without their stuff. They could pick up biories at the back of the room paper and got on with their work. And he said, um, do you remember that year? I was so glad you did that. How often I needed it. And I said, you did need it a lot, didn't you? And he said, so that year, my mum was an alcoholic and she was on a lot of benders. So I'd go to my nan's. And if my nan was on a bender, I slept in the park. But wow. your classroom was the only one I turned up with. And I got the same welcome, the same hello, the same encouragement. It was my safest place for my whole year. And I, I learned kindness off you. I know I look tough. And I went, yep, he does. He had them and tattoos. And he said, um, but my girls, he's got three daughters, call me a marshmallow because I help at Meals on Wheels and I volunteer to help in the elderly. And you're the person who taught me that and I've wanted to stop and thank you forever. And no, I, I ended up hugging this bikey in the main street and people thinking Maggie Dent's lost the plot completely. Um, <laughs> but as I drove home that day, Jen, that was when I realised that um, I thought I had missed that boy because I didn't have that profound connection. Um, I didn't even know his parents. I didn't, they'd never come to anything. I thought I'd missed that boy and I hadn't missed that boy. You know, I want us all to know we influence the sacredness and the gentleness and the tenderness of our boys by our actions, Mm -hmm. even a little bit distant and that we all have a part to play. That's why I call the collective. We've all got to step forward for all our boys not just the ones that we've, you know, given birth to or live in our house. Mm-hmm. I think that it applies so much to uh, those 56% who said that their mom was their person because I would be willing to bet my life on the fact that uh, that wasn't necessarily easily apparent as they were going through the teen years. There were times when that mom felt like she was failing miserably. There were times when that boy told his mother that she was terrible person and all of I hate you (laughs) exactly that's normal it sucks it hurts you will cry it'll happen again and it'll happen again and this is where you need your friends to talk to but we are making a difference yeah we are making a difference we can bring this full circle because we started with words to describe teenage boys and we said messy, stinky, frustrating. And Maggie, you just said and reminded us, use the word sacred, yeah. gentle, 
tender. That is teenage boys also. And if you want to connect with teenage boys, help them become good men, remember those words. Remember those words and allow Maggie's words today to wash over you in those tough times and encouragement. And hell, take a chance. Slip him a mug of hot chocolate. You have nothing to lose by trying it because whatever you're doing right now has gotten you where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Do something different. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And again, the, the hunger in adolescence to belong somewhere inside their family is great, but outside their family, that connection might mean that you have a lot of bodies sometimes um, (laughs) in your house and that you are also co-parenting those in your house. And that's what you'll get later on. So mine are now obviously in their thirties and when they've had weddings, their mates have come up and shared things that have happened in our house that I couldn't even remember that have stayed with them. That's that tenderness, Jen. They remember acts of kindness and acts of goodness like you wouldn't believe. Whereas, you know, as females, we remember everything generally. <laughs> but a boy remembers the kindness because they don't get as much of it as our girls do. So, again, it it, it is the gold that hides underneath that confused look. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Maggie, you're amazing. <laughs> oh, what if a gift. If you have not picked up a copy of Maggie's book from boys to men guiding our teen boys to grow into happy healthy men I strongly encourage you to do so Um, before we got on she was telling us about how uh, initial runs had already sold out but don't let that stop you go online order and Maggie remind us of your website because you have so many fantastic resources on there for yeah I um and also the audible version is out there in the ebook, but the, it's on a ship. It should be in America very shortly. Okay, so maggiedent.com. I'm really committed to free information as well. Um, so there's really significant, there's a section of, of course, raising boys and raising adolescents, which you will find really significant blogs that can help you. My YouTube channel of short videos, uh, I explore everything from teens um, you know, to toddlers and everything in, in, in around behind. So there is lots of free information. Just Google it. My boys can't believe what happens when you Google their mother's name. It's so funny. <laughs> Same um, with Jen. It drives <laughs> my boys crazy yeah. because they're teenagers right now, Maggie. Yeah, they know exactly what's going on. And also I have a Parental as Anything podcast I do for the ABC over here, which is available wherever you get your podcast. Equally, same sort of thing, half hour, quick common sense And I have um, explored lots and lots of things that will make sense to every parent out there in the world. And then I just want you all to know that my heart is with you all in that Mm. beautiful country of yours. And um, stay safe. Thank you, Maggie. As our hearts are with you in your beautiful country. And Jen and I have a dream one day. We have a dream of coming to see you. We are coming. We're coming. I don't know when. I've got you. (laughs) Oh, Maggie, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with all our listeners. Thank you for all your work too. Well, we're we're all here as boy champions. We are. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Maggie as much as Jen and I did. And I know that some of you are struggling with your boys, with your tween and your teens. And I want to share with you this message Are you worried about your teen's mental health? We have talked a lot here on On Boys about mental health concerns, anxiety, 
depression, suicide prevention. If you think that your teen might benefit from some professional support, go to teencounseling.com slash teenboys. Teen Counseling connects your 13 to 19 year old with a licensed professional counselor. And all counseling sessions are done via video conferencing or the phone. Your teen can even text when they need extra support. And the best part, with teen counseling, you have access to expertise that might not be available locally. You can choose a gay therapist, for instance, or a person of color. Onboys listeners can get 10% off their first month. Sign up at teencounseling.com slash teenboys. Thanks for joining us today. This is On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 